What's up, homebodies? It's your girl, Rachel Presser, the Toe Lady. And today we're going to be talking about kitchen gadgets and kitchen gadget fads throughout the years. So yeah, kitchen gadget fads are actually a pretty fascinating topic. Uh, yeah, because I think, I think that a lot of the kitchen gadgets so that we see over time can... You know, they're, they're a very interesting anthropological study, whether intentional or not. You know, that talk about, you know, how, how we behave, you know, in the kitchen, you know, at home, how uh, how people, you know, prepare food, like, what, what you know, throughout time, what kind of stuff, you know, people got into, you know, like, you know, in certain eras and maybe are not so hot about now, like, the fondue set show comes to mind because, like, that was such a big thing, you know, in the 70s and then they, you know, were passe and just, like, made fun of for a long time. But then, you know, fondue pots made a comeback, and then people started, you know, like, throwing them either in the closet or back, you know, in, like, the Goodwill bin again. But I think that they're also starting, you know, to make a comeback all over again. Um, maybe if not with an actual fondue pot, then with, like, one of the, like, system things that we see now, like... Yeah, like the Instapot or like the Thermomix and other like big systems, show because obviously technology has reshaped the way that we create, design, and use a lot of, you know, kitchen gadgets and other devices. Um, because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that, like I laugh at and other people laugh at, like all kinds of useless crap I had growing up like that. My mom, you know, would just get like um, like the clearance rack of some you know, store like Marshalls or TJ Maxx or like, uh, what was the, what was the other one we went to back then? God, I can't remember. Uh, oh yeah, Carrefour's, that was it. Yeah, I remember this place called Carrefour's. I think it's actually still around in France, other parts of Western Europe. But um, yeah, they were like this big wonderland back in the 80s and early 90s. And we would make our monthly pilgrimage to that out them all, Franklin Mills. I think it's called Philadelphia Mills now. It's still around, but yeah, back then though, it was called Franklin Mills, and it had like these <laughs> these uh, commercials where people did like the electric slide under all the neon lights and the checkered floors, you know, all the shit that makes up vaporwave iconography now, and you know, and it starred like people again, like in historical costumes too, with this dude dressed up as Ben Franklin doing the electric slide and while this creepy animatronic talking Ben Franklin had like descended down and I remember doing that when we were I was like waiting for for my mom to I don't know she was coming she was coming out of some store like wanting to buy it even more shit yeah she was a hoarder and that definitely affected not only how I grew up but also yeah the way I write I have written quite a bit about hoarding and my personal experience living with that but anyway uh she, yeah she was adding to the fucking horror like one day and my sister and my father are just like boredly waiting and then all of a sudden we're just freaking out with this huge animatronic ben franklin head just like descends down and like did this whole routine um anyway to get back to the, to the point we had tons of like useless kitchen gadgets from this outlet mall that like got used once or twice before they just, you know, they either ride in the basement or they would wind up in the charity bin eventually. And I unfortunately repeated the same process when I got older. Um, to a lesser extent, of course, because I never really had, like, 
a spacious living space, um, like ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, I've always had like tiny kitchens, like every apartment I ever had. So I've always had to be very careful about what takes up precious real estate, you know, um, especially since I unfortunately lost more counter space than I actually had in my old place. Um, since my old studio actually had, um, a very rare eaten kitchen, uh, I do not have that in the place I wound up uh, buying. And so, yeah, I, I have to be very careful with my extremely limited counter space. And then same is true for, yeah, a lot of people in my age bracket, you know, where we're gravitating towards, you know, much smaller homes or, or unwillingly staying, yeah, in the same apartments. And so, yeah, that's why systems, yeah, like Ninja and... And so on have become you know so popular because they all have they all have the same base. You just put different attachments on them or like different um, you know blender pitchers or like food processor pots. So you don't have to get all these different devices. Like they really are wonderful for that kind of space saving um, you know design. Um, but there's people though, yeah, who just they love collecting gadgets even if they just don't use them that much and. Some of them, you know, like I said, they're an interesting anthropological study, whether intentional or not, because it tells you a lot about how people use these devices and, you know, like how that changes over time. Because, for instance, like the food processor has, you know, that came around, what, like the late 70s, early 80s. And, oh, yeah, we still have them. They are a really nifty device, you know, even if you are just a household of one, like you can make all kinds of things. It's like having the Stardew Valley kitchen, but in real life. I I just wish I could press a button and have all the shit made for me. God, that would make my life so much easier. But since we are not quite that technologically advanced yet, food processors are definitely like one of the close the best closest things we can get for now. And they've you know they've been proved a lot since you know there's all types of different blades and attachments for them now they come in different sizes you know for different you know culinary needs and different size living spaces there's some that are specifically made you know for like disabled people and people with motor um issues you know to use them better and more safely um as someone who uses the whole ninja system like yeah they have this really nifty design where you can yeah like use a, a couple different types of blades and attachments and and then there's one that's just like a basic chopper attachment and then there were some like useless bits that came in my ninja kit that i threw out but um the food processor bowl was a good purchase and that's yeah, and then that's just like it all, it's all goes to the same system with well, one less appliance you have to buy um as it so that's something that i think future you know future historians will be looking at because who knows what kind of crazy hologram shit we're gonna have in 200 years well you know, you know what i say that but like look it's 2019 we thought we would have you know flying cars by now you know we thought that yeah we have like high speed rail by now we thought we'd have so much stuff but what the fuck do, do, did we get like what what did we really get we we got okay a bluetooth coffee maker we got uh yeah oh yeah that's gonna be in the trash pile you know, in the in the near future, that there should already be like tw like twelve thousand of those like a Marshalls near you, uh, day after Christmas, uh, guarantee it. Yeah, we got yeah a Bluetooth coffee maker. Um, we got yeah Peter Thiel and his vampire startup. Um, and, and we still yeah oh and and Cuomo's MTA is like worse to ride uh, than ever. Um, 
Ha yeah, happy 2020, everybody. So anyway, uh, yeah, these, uh, you know, we have all these, all these uh, things from the past that are strangely enough still being sold like electric can openers. Like, it, there's like no device like more useless than this. Um, unless, I said, unless like you have like some kind of disability like prevents you from opening yeah, a can by yourself if you cannot get a good grip to pull on it. Like, they are not that common otherwise. Like, and even then you still actually have to like hold it steady and, you know, like keep it like, you know, keep it lifting up and, you know, they, they were just like hot, hot, popular for a hot second, like in the 70s and 80s. Interestingly, they actually were invented in the 1930s and were very ahead of their time because not a lot of people had electricity yet. Um, and then, uh, oh, there's nothing that really explains the duality of man, um, like, as well as the pasta maker. Because, you know, pasta is just one of, like, like the cheapest foods you, you can buy. Uh, hey, you can you can get them for, like, a dollar a box. Even, like, three for a dollar if you wait for them to go on sale. And, you know, it's just, like, basically known as being, like, a poverty meal staple in the United States. <laughs> and making your own pasta, yeah, can be, yeah, I guess, I, I guess it could be a rewarding experience. But, look, it, it's, it's, it's. American 2019, you know, it's not, you know, look, I'm not like, you know, a freaking housewife in like 1948 Naples who's gonna, you know, go, uh, get, you know, get eggs, you know, fresh from the chickens, go, uh, get, you know, semolina flour, you know, and like pasta flour that, um, you know, came from wheat you just planted this morning. You know, who the hell is time for that? Like, and like I said, like, I, I can barely even fit, you know, like two appliances um, in my crappy little kitchen, like, I don't know, it, it's giving me, like, an anxiety attack thinking about, like, making pasta dough and actually, like, rolling it out and having space for such, like, a beast of a device. But, yeah, they're, they're clunky, they're expensive, uh, you know, and, uh, well, I bet the results, yeah, taste really good. It's just, uh, you know, like, it's more expensive to actually make your own pasta than just buy a few boxes or... At that point, I would just, yeah, like, look, I mean, yeah, at that point, I would just call up a few Italian joints, you know, or whatever, see who's offering the best deal on Grubhub, and just get, go to fucking town on that, and then that way you won't even have to, like, cook anything, and that's, and that's the best, and that's the best deal of all. So, yeah, um, there's, is that some people just still, still love collecting these things, or like the challenge of making these staples themselves, and hey, so I guess that they could still be a good gift, you know, for that masochist in your life who actually wants to go make their own fucking pasta. So yeah, stay tuned on homestragosphere.com and follow us on at Homestragos on Twitter if you want to see more hot takes about kitchen gadgets and other things that could be laying around your house way to go the charity bit. And I'll catch you again next time.